Biggest third down in Bryce Young's career. He need 10. Play clock at four. From the pocket. Launching downfield. Underthrown and intercepted. Keely Ringo has an escort down the sidelines. All the way to the end zone. And Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide. It's time for the Mad Dog Show, coming to you live from the Park Group studio in the heart of the Bulldog Nation. The Mad Dog Show is proudly sponsored by The Sanford Company, Fincher's Barbecue, Sellers Construction, Go Clean Co., Cherokee Brick, Progressive Communications, Jay Lee Attorney at Law, Ortho Georgia, Pelicano Construction, Bib Distributing, The Park Group, Corporate Connection, The Dog Bone, and Bulldog Illustrated. Now, here he is, your host, The Mad Dog. I don't care how many times I see that for the rest of my life, that will never get old. Hey, first of all, we want to start out with a massive birthday shout out to john neal who's the owner of the sanford company the sanford company is our presenting sponsor and john is extremely generous with everything from his time to his resources to his friendships i mean you know last year herschel walker doesn't come on this show and the governor doesn't come on this show and kevin catfish jackson doesn't come on this show without neal they're his personal friends and you know you you can't put a price tag on that You, you just you can't and i was gonna say that there's too many other things that I could thank John about, such as happy birthday and stuff like that. But then he put an ad in Bulldog Illustrated this week, which you will see that makes me look like a total jackass, which of course I am. Uh, But still, John, that's really not cool, but I still love you. Uh, Only like a brother and not romantically. So just saying, no, again, seriously, happy birthday. And look forward to seeing you at the game this weekend. And thanks for an awesome time at the Oregon game last week. Now, we got a ton to go over. First of all, uh, I want to just say thank you again to the Park Group for for that intro. Because obviously, y'all loved it. Uh, I've had a ton of people reach out to me about that. I mean, hell, the first time I saw it, I literally, I got full body chills. You know, it's just the whole production. It, It was just done so well. But then the bots of social media ripped it off of YouTube, and, and, and basically it's the Metaverse Mafia who's out there. Maybe Saban the Evil Elf had something to do with it after all the grief I gave him. I also suspect that it could have been ESPN that had something to do with it after we you know, showed the Ringo video without asking for permission first, which you know, for that I say, sorry, not sorry. I didn't know that that was forbidden. I thought it was maybe just frowned upon. So here's an important announcement from the Mad Dog Show to the Metaverse Universe and and everybody else. We bought an ASCAP license, and that means that we can legally play any song that's ever been recorded. And we're going to play any song that we want to play. And if you try and remove any song that we play, you're going to hear from our attorney. And our attorney is a member of the Mad Dog LLC. And that is not a joke. And so with that, here we go. This week, get the picture. Here's the agenda. First of all, I'm not going to rant. 
there's a controversy for us to discuss. Second, we have the one and only Jake Fromm, who was kind enough to come into the studio, talk to us today. I think you're going to like it. In fact, I know you're going to love it. Next, I break down the top 10. This week, I'm not just going to do the AP top 10. We're going to look at several different polls to see which one we like best. And I'm going to want you guys to vote on that. Along with that, you guys will also vote on the three finalists that we have for the Ohio State new nickname. First of all, we've got the Ohio State Loogies put out there by yours truly. Next, we have the Chin Nuts crafted by Mighty Todd Mickler. Finally, we have the Brown Eyes dreamt up by the street poet rapping Ross D. I want you to tell me which one is best, and I want you to tell me which poll you like best. And please do not tell me it's the AP, because if you do, then you will be dead to me. Next is a segment that we're still very excited about, and we're excited that it's not that long this week. And that is the Injury Report, sponsored by Ortho Georgia, featuring UGAO lineman Dr. Ryan Snetzer. Following that, we're going to have the Duck Disaster Recap. Next... What we're going to do is we're going to have another DGD come in here, and we're going to go inside the numbers with a Marlo Herrera, also known as Five Deuce. He's going to tell you which numbers flashed for him this past weekend. He's going to be joined by the guy, Neil, the football guru. And when he comes in, he's going to tell you, you know, about the player's bio. You know, for example, if a Marlo says, hey, 22 really flashed, really like that guy as a DB then the guy's going to come in and he's going to tell you who that is. And in that case, that's Javon Bullard. Lots of new numbers out there. Lots of new guys. Lots of guys who switch numbers. I was looking at my roster the entire game. So that's going to be very helpful for me and everybody else. Next, the dudes from the dog bone are going to weigh in. Maybe. I'm, I'm hearing they're a little under the weather. Following that, the, rab the rabbit dog known only as Buffalo. His street name of Buffalo, the man who only needs one name, will come in and give us his thoughts. Finally, we'll conclude with another new segment, and that is a segment on gambling for those who like to place a friendly wager. Our attorney is still working with the agents of not one, but two men who go by the street name of the Colonel. We'll let you know how that works up. But first, we have controversy. Maybe you saw it. It was brought to my attention by, of course, Buffalo. And that was when L. Duncan from ESPN, who claims to be a Georgia fan, even though she went to West Georgia. I mean, who goes to West Georgia? Do they even have a mascot? Do, I mean, do they have a football team? What? Their mascot's what? It, Wolfie. Their mascot's Wolfie. You're making that up. The West Georgia Wolfies. I, I'm going to have to confirm that. I don't know that I believe it. That's like a four-year-old girl stuffed animal. Whatever. So anyway, Elle goes on TV with Feinbaum. This is what she said about Stetson Bennett, and I quote, I don't know how to feel like a champion, Paul. I feel nervous because of who we're going to trot back out under center. I'm concerned because of Stetson Bennett. Last year I came on your show and lamented, OMG, what are we doing? Stetson Bennett, it's going to be a nightmare. Did he come through? Ish. She said that. Ish. Stetson Bennett came through. Ish. I have a four-year-old daughter. I know that she cannot spell, but a few weeks ago, I just randomly pointed out a word and she spelled it. She spelled mom. She spelled it correctly. Now, here's the thing. I know to just count my losses and walk away because in my mind, she don't know how to read. She just got incredibly lucky. Time out. Time out. L, here's the thing. You don't say she don't know how to read. 
She doesn't know how to read, not she don't. And that's embarrassing for your daughter. Now, time in more from L. So because she could do that one particular day, I wouldn't exactly put her in the script spelling bee. You feel me? Time out again. You feel me? Is it 1999? Are we still using you feel me? I mean, that's like just trying to just appropriate street lingo that nobody even cares about anymore. It's not even cool. So anyway, time in. L continues to have oral diarrhea. I feel like that's where we are with Stetson Bennett. Every dog has its day. Quite literally, that dog had his day back in January. But I don't really want to tempt fate by seeing if he can do it again. I don't understand why he came back. Either he is a sadist and he just lives for pain or he knows something that we don't know, which is that a confident Stetson Bennett a natty winning Stetson Bennett is a different Stetson Bennett. It just feels like you had it. You had your moment in the sun. You could have walked away. You could have bought car dealerships in Atlanta. You could have sold frozen entrees in a Publix for the rest of your life. Whatever that means. Georgia loves you forever. You will always be their guy. She said, Georgia, you will always be their guy. But why come back for more? It's not an attempt to make some surge to the pros, right? Like, we don't believe he's going to be some top draft pick in the NFL. I don't think anybody believes he's going to start on an NFL team. So I don't understand. What else is left for you, Stetson? Like like I said, maybe he knows something that we don't know. End of quote. Well, first of all, that's just a skit. That's just a hot take skit to trigger people like me. Mission accomplished. Very cute, L. Very hot take skit. Kind of medium. A cringy one. So here are my questions. Does a real UGA fan go on ESPN for a hot take for a skit like that? Um, the answer is no, absolutely not. And since I am a real Georgia fan, I went on the Paul Feinbaum show yesterday just so I could set L. Duncan straight. And I'm going to kind of paraphrase it. But at least I said, Paul, has anybody addressed the trigger bait that L. put out there? Paul said no. I said, great. I'd like to take the bait and I'd like to set her straight. First of all, you're correct, L. Duncan. Stetson does know something you don't know. He knows how to actually play the game of football because all you do, L. Duncan, is you read words off a teleprompter. You read words that you didn't write. You're basically like a parrot. And then I said, you feel me? You pick it up what I'm putting down, L. Duncan? You commenting on Setson's football skills is like him commenting on your weave. Yes, I did say that. That is on tape. I commented about your weave. So go look it up. So then she said, you will always be their guy. And that's when I said, gotcha, L. Duncan. You said their guy. If you're a real Georgia fan, you would have said our guy. But you said their guy. He's not your guy because you're not a Georgia fan. You're a West Georgia wolfie, I guess. And so then I said, L. Duncan, talk is cheap. Anybody can get up there and just talk a bunch of trash. So if you really believe what you're saying, why don't you put your money where your football ignorant mouth is and make a little wager? Because I made a wager. Stetson bets on himself. So I bet on Stetson. And when I made this wager, I was in Las Vegas and I was at the, the, the Bellagio, and that was this spring, and I was with a, a Vegas insider who goes by the name of Gutsy, who had us out there for a, uh, a, a little bit of 
fun and a little bit of uh, music with a little band you've never heard of called Widespread Panic, but I digress. So I placed my one and only bet of the weekend on Stetson Bennett at 100 to 1. 100 bucks wins 10,000. Asked her if she wanted to bet 1,000 bucks. Crickets. Crickets from everybody on Fine Bomb. You know why? Because no one wants to bet against Stetson Bennett. I don't know what. After this past weekend when he lit up the scoreboard and had a QBR of like 97.6, and I'll get to more of that in a minute, his Heisman odds plummeted from 100 to 1 to 18 to 1. So, L is still out there. I'll give you 18 to 1 odds. I'll tell you what. I'll give you 18 to 1 odds. When you lose, because you're going to lose, we'll take your money because, you know, you work at ESPN, so I, I know you don't have much money. They don't pay you much money. I mean, you probably make, I don't know, 75K a year. Anyway, get them to back you, and we'll donate that money to Malcolm Mitchell's Reading Foundation, the magician's hat. So everybody wins. I don't want your money. I wanted to go to charity, and I'm going to win. So there was that. And then I finished it off with saying, you know what? When I win, I want to be in Publix, and I want you serving me Bubba Burgers since you've made that crass comment about Stetson Bennett working in Publix. What does that even mean? Stetson Bennett's not going to work in Publix. He's probably going to shop there because it's a high-end restaurant, high-end grocery store, excuse me, but he's not going to work there. I mean, that just doesn't even make sense. But but if, on the off chance that, that you might win, which is not going to happen, I'll be happy to serve you there. Um, whatever your favorite food is, you seem like you might be a corn dog girl, dog again, spelled D O G. So again, L it's right there. The mic has been dropped. Then I hung up the phone and my phone had a seizure. It started buzzing and ringing. The first one, the first message was from Las Vegas. Somebody had been listening out there. Couldn't believe that I had mic dropped on fine bomb. And then I was like, man, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. And then people started coming on Fine Bomb and, and calling me an idiot. Usually it was, you know, Bama fans. So now I got to go back on Fine Bomb and I got to start talking trash to the to Bama fans and asking, you know, is there anybody out there that wants to take my bet? I'll take the odds of that day. I'll take the odds of that day, put a thousand bucks up. And I, I don't see anybody taking me up on it. Matter of fact, I dare you to. So. How did the top three quarterbacks stack up after week one? Well, who's number one? You might be surprised that it's James Blackman from Arkansas State. He was number one at 97.8, but he's not going to win the Heisman because he's playing teams like Grambling. No offense to Grambling, but they're not Oregon. Stetson at number two, 97.3. Where is Bryce Young? He is fourth after playing Utah State. So he plays Utah State. And he gets big numbers there. So what? Can you even name Utah State's mascot? Answer, no, you can't. Where was C.J. Stroud? C.J. Stroud is all the way down there at 18, at 89.5. After playing Notre Dame, who showed up and played a good game, and I can't figure out after that game, is Ohio State a lot worse than everybody thought? Is Notre Dame a little bit better? Is it a combination of both? That's what I think it is. So, Here's where I'm going. To commemorate Stetson's now, he's, he's got a bid for Heisman. He's, he's out there, Stetson for Heisman. We're going to make shirts. The front of them is going to say Stetson for Heisman. The back of them is uh, we're not going to show you right now. We're going to show you that graphic next week. But then you'll be able to show your pride for Stetson, show him that you support him in his run for the Heisman. You'll be able to go on our website, click on the merch link, and get it. So 
enough about that controversy because I could go on about that for hours. What we have next is something I'm real excited about. It was a segment with the one and only Jake Fromm. He was very gracious enough to spend some time with us today, and here it is. Well, welcome, Jake Fromm, to the Mad Dog Show. I can't believe that we were able to line this up, man. I mean, just talked to you last week, and all of a sudden you're here. Welcome. Heck yeah, what's going on, man? Thank you for having me. Oh, man, we're still basking in the glory of that beat now we put on the Ducks last week. I mean, who would have thought it was going to be 49 to 3? Not me. No doubt. No doubt. Duck season came early this year, huh? Didn't, didn't know we were going to have that. <laughs> Duck, I mean, if you were a bird in the state of Georgia last weekend, you were getting slaughtered, whether it was ducks or That's doves. It. You get out, were you able to hunt any dove? No, uh, man, we had a field set up. Uh, you know, weather kind of got us, didn't have a, as many birds. So instead, I was out in the woods and, uh, trying to put up some trail cameras out for some deer hunt spots this fall. So I got some work in, got in the woods a little bit, and got to watch the dogs on Saturday, man. Didn't get any better. So that was a great game to watch. Now, I also understand, didn't your brothers play each other in Auburn and Mercer game? Do I have that right? Yeah, well, it would have been it would have been perfect. I, if Dylan, my other brother, would have played, you know, um, so uh, I have one brother, Tyler, at Auburn. He plays tight right. end. My other right. brother went and, and played quarterback at Mercer. However, he had stopped playing this year, you know, when they opened up uh, the year at Auburn. Stopped playing, entered medical, so now he's doing medical school, and said, hey, football's going to be a little tough while I'm doing this, and, and kind of gave it up. Yeah, well, I can understand why you couldn't be playing uh, college football <laughs> and in medical school, so I think we could give yeah. him a pass on that. But Absolutely. It, it's still it's still really cool to, to watch, you know, the Fromm football family and, and all of you guys playing. And, uh, I mean, what family out there has three sons playing college football? That's just so rare and, and so cool. And it's it's cool to, you know, watch your brother over there. Because, uh, obviously, we had to see him more at Auburn. And uh, he's turned into quite a stud. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Uh, no, we're, we're excited uh, for Tyler, especially, you know, every time he comes home, he, he's getting bigger, more filled out, more cut. Uh, so he's looking good. Uh, just excited for him this year, what it holds for him, and, and hopefully gets a lot of reps and a lot of opportunities. And uh, can't can't forget Dylan, man. I, he he's he's texting the family group message about how hard medical school is. I, I've learned more in two <laughs> days than I have in, in eight years. So a lot of information is being thrown his way, and uh, he, he's going to do great. So we're excited for him as well. Absolutely. So is he at medical school at Mercer? Yep, he is. Yep, stayed right there at Mercer. Gotcha. So still here in Macon. That's awesome. Yep. Well, oh, yeah. speaking of speaking of school, tell us what you're up to this fall. Yeah, so I, I, I'm back at, at UGA taking classes, finishing out my degree. I got five more to go, one more semester, going to pack it all in. Uh, I wish I had, you know, found a way to save all the easy classes, my PE, you know, my, my, my gender studies, all that there, um, you know, at the end. But, you know, I got all these upper level uh, finance classes, but it's going to be okay. We're going to get it done. We're going to make it through and uh, we're going to hold up that, that degree, that piece of paper at the end of this thing. Well, I'll tell you this, uh, uh, a degree from the Terry College of Business uh, at the University of Georgia and finance, or as we say in the South, finance, uh, is, is something to be proud of. No and uh, I have a degree from there, uh, and it looks better and better every year as it uh, ages like fine wine. So that's really cool, man. You're back on campus. You're married. 
Um, you know, I'm, everything's just totally different now. You go from being a, a, a football player, focus on that. Now you're settled down. Where are you living? It's crazy. Uh, we're out here in Oconee County. We're not too far outside uh, the loop here in Athens. Uh, we, we love our spot in a great neighborhood. Got great neighbors and, and close enough to everything in Athens that, that we love and, and still living a bit, you know, living a little bit like it was back home and, and farther out and get to see some, some cattle, some pastures and out in the woods a little bit. Well, I know that's perfect for you because you're a highly accomplished outdoorsman, whether it's hunting, <laughs> whether it's fishing. We're, we're, I mean, you're we're getting better. We're getting better. Yeah, yeah, you're living in the woods. Now, is your wife a big outdoorsman? I, I'm slowly starting to turn her into it. Uh, she was actually with me. She was a trooper this past Sunday. We went out and put trail cameras. Uh, it was raining. It was wet the entire time, you know, doing a lot of walking, a lot of miles there in the woods that day. So uh, she was with me the whole time. She enjoyed it. So. We're, we're turn, uh, turning her into a redneck, which is great. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, now, where is she from, and how did you guys meet? Yeah, so she's from uh, Kennesaw, Georgia. She is uh, two years ahead of me in school. And anyway, she she played volleyball at UGA. Uh, ended up meeting her through my roommate, who was trying and, and started dating her roommate, and they're now married. Uh, it's funny how small things work. You know, two roommates um you know just getting together getting married and now we're all best friends man that's that's really cool and, and the ladies volleyball program at georgia is the real deal i mean those guys i you know i'll catch them on tv and i mean they are just getting after it i mean oh, yeah. it's amazing it's amazing how good they are oh yeah oh yeah you, you definitely you know as me and all you know all of us here as amateurs going out i don't want to play those girls at, at any time i mean they 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 can they can jump as high with the best of them you know they can yam it they they got they got really good shoulder power as well and um it's just the the craft and the technique they have is 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 really neat and fun to watch it is now how tall is she uh she's about 5'10 Okay, because I know a lot of those girls are, you know, as tall as as basketball players. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that that's good that she's not taller than you. That you know, that's girls, right. That's you know, right. We, they don't they we, don't like we, to be taller than their mates. That's right. We we wanted it close, you know, but not but not too close. So uh, I think it, <laughs> I think it's gonna be good. So um, what is say y'all's favorite restaurant to eat in Athens? Just curious. Uh, we got a few. Uh, love Marker Seven. Uh, love Chuck's oh, yeah. Fish. Um, you know, we took kind of a long break from Last Resort. It was always so busy every time we went, but like this past time uh, during the summer, I uh, went in and loved it. Uh, you know, if you if you live in Athens, or, you know, especially if you're an athlete because you're always here during the summer, right? You, you got to go enjoy those places during the summertime while the you know, all the you know all the uh, students aren't here because. Once the students get here in the fall and, you know, in the spring, it's it's tough to, to get into your favorite spots. So you better enjoy it while you can. Oh, yeah. I was up there last week. My wife was uh, getting a certification in nursing. And, and my son's up there. He's a sophomore. And, of course, you know, he wanted to hit me up for a meal. And so we tried to get into Chuck's Fish on a rainy Tuesday. And, and we couldn't oh, even yeah. get in there. So oh, uh, And they don't, they don't take reservations. Right. They, will, they don't take reservations. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, we didn't have time to wait around because we had to go back to Macon. So uh, we ended up going to uh, uh, Taqueria del Sol over on Prince. You ever eat there? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Been there before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What about the Palmas? Do you ever eat there? Love the Palmas. The Palmas is a, a fantastic switch up. So I believe they have, I know they have at least two, maybe three, uh, the Palmas. 
uh, locations. Uh, and the one we have over here on our side of town is really good. You know, obviously the one downtown, but um, yeah, no, we, we love the Palmas as well. It's one of the last restaurants left that was still there when I was there, you know, Oh, a long, really? long time ago, a long, long time ago. I won't say how long ago. No, it was 89 to 93. And then of course, varsity went away. And I think it's that and, and last resort are the last two that are still there. So we always try and go to both places. Oh, wow. um, so tell me about, you know, your time in the pros and um, just that experience. What was that like? I know it's completely different from college. Yeah, no, it was, it was neat. It was fun. Got to see different parts of the country that I would have never probably gone to otherwise. Um, both both teams I played for up in New York, different weather conditions, uh, a little little bit colder, uh, but, but it was neat. Both you know both really good organizations and uh, and man, it was a fun and and a dream come true for sure. Tell me if this statement is correct. I think it is. Jake Fromm threw an NFL touchdown in the year twenty twenty two. That's correct. That is correct. Okay, another fun fact is you arrived in Athens in 2017 and another guy arrived there at the same time and when was in the quarterback room with you and that guy's named Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett, he sure did. <laughs> so who were the quarterbacks in the room with you guys at that time? Uh, so it was me, Jacob Stett. I believe Bryce Ramsey was still hanging around a little bit. Um. Gosh, and honestly, that that might have been it. Uh, I remember going in. Yeah, I, I mean, it may have been one, one or two other guys. I, I can't remember here right now, but that was. I, th- I think it was a, a pretty relatively small room at that time. And so, who was the quarterbacks coach at that time? Uh, that was uh, Coach Cheney, Coach Johnson, um, and then uh, Jesse. Love Jesse. Okay, so. You get there, you know, you're a true freshman, uh, Eason starts, you get you get put in there. Did you, when you showed up in Athens, I mean, have just even the wildest idea that what was going to happen happened as a freshman, a true freshman? No, I mean, but you, you always go in and you prepare, you know, like, sure. like you're the guy, you know, week in and week out. So, um, you know, the, the idea was for me to come in and compete. Um, do everything I could to win the starting job. Obviously, you know, there was a lot of, of, of things going for Jacob there at that time. So, uh, but it was just you know, me coming to compete, uh, do the best I can and mentally prepare like I was going to be the guy, um, you know, every single day of spring, you know, spring ball, summer, fall camp. And so, you know, when I did get my opportunity, uh, I believe that's what that was. Uh, that's what made me, you know, ready, ready to go and uh, mentally and physically because I'd taken those mental reps, uh, taking as many physical reps as I could and um then on out just just playing ball well and compete you did you did an amazing job and it was just so much fun to watch you know especially being from middle georgia and and knowing really all about you you know from the time that you you were playing you know in the little league world series and so you know you you're you're put in the white hot spotlight of being the quarterback of georgia you've just had a magical year. I mean, you know, from the way everything turned out and, you know, playing in the Rose Bowl and playing in the national championship and doing just an just an amazing job that you did. And it was just so cool as a fan to just 
watch all those great things happen to you and knowing all the hard work that you put in and just what a, just a diehard dog that you, uh, that you were then and you are for life. And, uh, man, I'm just so happy for you, man. And, uh, this is no, the first time you. I've, That's to, awesome. yeah, it's the first time I've, you know, I've talked to you on the phone, but this is the first time I think I've been able to just, you know, express my gratitude for all the hard work <laughs> that you put in, you know, cause, cause you guys, you know, going to college as a, as a student, right. That's easy. You guys are, you know, living it, eating it, breathing it, you know, meals together. Your, all, your time is just so structured. So I guess maybe like walk us through today's Tuesday. Like when you were playing, what did a Tuesday of a game week look yeah. like for you from when you woke up to when you went to bed? Yeah, uh, man, Tuesday, Tuesday's a big work day. Um, and the, uh, you know, the coach smart way of things, uh, Tuesday is going to be a big, uh, long practice day, heavy install. Um, there's a lot of good on good in practice, ones versus ones. Um, there's going to be a, a, a run period, good on good. There's going to be a team period, good on good. Um, maybe even a seven on seven period, good on good. So, uh, man, it's a, it's a really physical long practice, a lot of things going in. Uh, Class-wise, that can kind of differ depending on, you know, semester and, and what kind of phase of your uh, degree you're in. But you know, generally speaking, you're going to wake up. There's going to be a lift on Sunday and then a lift on usually Wednesday, uh, maybe Tuesday. And man, you, you go to class uh, as soon as lunch turns over, everything from then on out is football, get out around seven, go to study hall there at night, uh, go back to the house and, and wa watch your favorite show and go to bed. That's it. So what time are you usually going to bed and what time are you usually getting up? Uh, gosh, in college, probably going to bed at, 11 waking up around seven you know going to my first class usually around nine and gotta get breakfast at the facility and and, and maybe you know if you're lucky you got a little time uh knock out a little film beforehand but but really probably doing a lot of my film uh there at uh before practice around lunchtime and then at, right after practice knocking out that practice film well very important question how was the food that they served you guys <laughs> the food food there uh, started off good and it's only getting better uh, all, all the money and the resources are putting into that place is incredible. The cafeteria they have now is unbelievable. It's just top notch. Um, and you know, for me as a, as a guy, uh, being able to, you know, allowing me to go in and, and hang around and, and get see all that stuff is, is awesome. Man. Those, those guys are definitely living right. Shouldn't feel bad for them at all. <laughs> <laughs> so are you guys eating in your own dining hall? Or, I mean, are you in gen pop with the other students over there at Bolton? Well, no. So, uh, no, uh, the whole time that I, I you know, I, I was here, we, we never, we, the only time I ever went to Bolton was on a recruiting trip one time. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, as far as I've been here, uh, there was an athletes kind of dining section. It was called training table where us and the other athletic programs got to eat. And then football, every couple meals would have its own, own section called it, you know, grab and go. But now as, as far as I know um, that I'm up to date on uh, most, if not all of their meals are right there in that, that football facility. It's just for them specifically for them. Uh, they usually have, you know, three options, a, a gain pile, a maintain and a, and a loss pile, you know, section of food for, for guys, depending on, you know, what, what they're in. So it's, it's, it's really nice. Uh, they have their own chefs, their own interns. I mean, they're, they're, they're living right over there for sure. Man, it sounds like it. It sounds like you would you would uh, 
hate to be somebody grabbing out of the lose pile. You want to be, that's probably <laughs> all the linemen yeah. and the receivers yeah. are in the game. Um, yep. so, so question, you know, Kirby's uh, practice intensity is, you know, kind of the stuff of legend with his microphone, him running around the field. Is he, is he yelling at the quarterbacks much or is it mostly like defense or? There, there is, there is nobody off limits. <laughs> you know that, that that cannot get it from him with that microphone in his hand. Uh, if anybody wants just some entertainment uh, that that may have a, a few you know explicitives, um, just, just 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 go out and lump in outside of the practice facility, uh, outside the practice fields. Uh, you know on you know mid afternoon on a on a Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh my goodness! You know it's there, there's a lot of commotion going on. Microphones hot and heavy. Anybody can get it at any, you know, any given time, coaches included, staff, of course, obviously players, and definitely the quarterback. Well, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a legendary uh, video that made it to the uh, internet where uh, I guess to summarize is encouraging all the players to eat and that he wants to eat. And there's a mm -hmm. few more uh, colorful words in there that I won't uh, repeat, but there are times like during – the games, your games where, you know, you would come off the field and it, and to me, it didn't look like you had done a single thing wrong, but he's literally going bananas on you or somebody else. I mean, having a conniption fit to where me as a fan, I'm like going, Kirby, give him a break. It's like he threw a touchdown pass. Did he throw it wrong? Was the ball a little too <laughs> high for you? And so as a player to a certain degree, do you kind of just a little bit, you know, become immune to it. Like, you know, well, that's dad. Dad always yells at me and I'm just going to need to let him get it out of his system so that I can go over to the sidelines now and, you know, have a real conversation with my, with my quarterback's coach or something. Is that kind of yeah. what it, it, Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a lot of yes. And it's a lot of no at the same time. Uh, yes. I, I love to be coached. Yes. So I, you know, I wanted to get better. Um, you know, it, and, uh, yeah, I, I I love to be coached, love to get better. You know, at the same time, you know, also coming from a defense coach, like, hey, coach, you know what? Was the last time uh, you know you played quarterback? So, um, you know, just, <laughs> you know, just uh, you know, but uh, no, coach, coach Smart was great about it. Uh, he, he definitely let me hear it a few times, but you know, also it was always great to 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 get it, you know, listen, you know, and then and then go back over uh, and, and and get you know the respectful points, you know, from the from the QB coach and and, and see what we need to do next time. Yeah, you could say, hey, coach, you didn't like that ball. I don't think you could have picked it off when you were here. How did that – would that have gone over well? <laughs> I probably wouldn't have gone over too well. You, you, you would have, you would have, yeah, you would have seen him have a conniption on the sideline, I mean, if that would have happened. Well, yeah, I, I would not recommend that. You know, I talked to you a week ago, and just so much has happened in just one week, you know, on top of kicking off the season, which is, you know, fantastic, but – they rolled out this new plan that they finally got done for the 12 team playoff where basically the first four teams get a buy uh, five or six playoff champions, uh, you know, are automatically in. And then there's six at large. What are your thoughts on that? Man, I, you know, opening up the playoff, there's a whole new world of different possibilities. Us, my, my last two years at Georgia could have really benefited uh, oh, from yeah. this expanded playoff for sure. Um, so kind of, kind of, you know, a little too little too late, you know, a little bit, but at the same time, I, I think it will be good. 
um, you know, getting some different teams and, and some different different atmospheres, uh, and you get some different matchups. You know, traveling to different places and, and getting some really neat matchups. But um, you know, at the same time, we've also seen the one beat up on the four. You know, big time. We just saw number three Georgia beat up on the eleven. Uh, you know, pretty pretty dang good. So uh, yeah. you know, it's kind of you know it. it what that number is, you know, whether it's six teams, eight teams, 12 teams, you know, who knows? Um, I, I think uh, fans and, and everybody who loves college football, we're always going to demand more, you know, maybe it gets to something similar to what the basketball tournament is. You know, I, I have no idea. I, I think there'll always be a demand for more, more football. The only thing I do worry about is all these extra games for the college athletes, uh, around that time of the year, they'll get Christmas finals, all this. Um, and, and so we'll see, you know, I, I think the NCAA is going to win big time, all these extra games, um, on, on these players and kind of, yeah, we'll, we'll see. To me, the, one of the cool positive things that would come out of it is, um, you know, first four teams have a buy and mm-hmm. then the top ranked, uh, five, six, seven, eight, and that first round, they're going to get to host a playoff which, mm-hmm. you know, can you imagine in Athens if there was a playoff game hosted there, just how oh, electric yeah. that, that atmosphere would be? Oh, I mean, yeah. we, probably, we probably won't be in that position because we're going to be in the top four for the foreseeable future. <laughs> but, um, I mean, that would be really cool. But t- to your point, man, there's a big drop-off after the top four. And, and even sometimes within that. And so, yeah, we, we just, to put it kindly – beat Oregon really bad. And um, so it's going to be fun to watch that play out. And, but I, I, you know, I'm all for expanding it. I hear your point about the athletes and, you know, take it away from Christmas. Um, but, man, as a fan, I just think it's oh, going to be a, really as, cool. Oh, as a, as a, I, I totally see it. As a fan, it, it couldn't get any couldn't get any better. You, you, you more, more football – uh, yeah, that's awesome. So I, I don't disagree with you. You know, I, as a fan perspective, uh, me now looking back, hey, look, I, I can't disagree with you. I think it's going to be awesome. You get some really neat matchups, like you talk about. Uh, just just say Georgia, you know, is uh, the number eleven team, you know, or whatever, and now they're going to travel up and play Penn State at home at Penn State. You know, just just throwing that for example. I mean, you get all these really cool and, and neat matchups in a playoff caliber atmosphere that you'd have never gotten otherwise and so i think that's really neat um and you just create a a lot of different unique experiences uh for players and for fans at the same time and i agree and the next thing you're going to see uh the folks the fans complain about is those six at large bids there's going to be at least three sec teams in there and i mean if you look at the top teams uh playing right now I mean, you can make a case that six of six SEC teams could could be in that top twelve, because there's just I mean, just watching the landscape this past weekend, it's like, is there anybody in the Pac-12? I mean, I've got USC as my dark horse because I think Lincoln Riley's a good coach and I think he did a great job uh, getting players out of the portal, but I mean, it's uh, it's Georgia, it's Alabama, and then. Could Tennessee be in there? They're looking good this year. Could Texas A&M be in there? They're looking good this year. Arkansas? Arkansas is going to find their way somewhere somewhere around there. I think so. I, I love what they're doing up there. Love Coach Pitt. Oh, 
Oh yeah. He's, he's just a, a total players coach, you know, fans love oh, yeah. him. Georgia fans are, we're pulling for him. I mean, you know, it just seems like Absolutely. a great, great guy. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun to watch and uh, it, it just, it can't come here quick enough. I do want to get your opinion too on the portal. Now was the portal there when you were there? The portal, the portal was there and around, but you couldn't go, you know, go transfer and a week later play for another school. You know, um, when I was there, it was a year. You had to sit out a year. That's what Jacob did. You know, Jacob went the portal side of the year and then, you know, in my opinion, did it the right way uh, there at Washington. So in your opinion, what is the perfect model for the transfer portal? How, how would it work in Jake Fromm's world if he controlled it? Oh gosh, this is uh, such a such a box you're trying to put me in here. I, it's it, it's it's tough because you, you have coaches on, on one hand who take take Brian Kelly, you know, for example, he he's at Notre Dame, gets an incredible contract uh, offer at LSU, just dips out before the bowl game to to go be the next coach at LSU. Well, he he didn't have to sit out a year. He just he just made seventy eighty million dollars, you know, just like that. He he Great didn't point. have to sit, sit out or do nothing. Now I mean we were talking you know adult young man kids you know student athletes whatever. But now with this nil stuff, I, I just I just don't see how you put the kids in a box like that when coaches are making what they're making. I, to me, it just it, it it's hard for me to wrap my head how you can how you can do it. You know from the NCAA's perspective with a straight face, with a good conscience and say, you know what? Hey, we, we can have a coach dip out on his players before he has to play a ball game and make what he can make. And we're not going to allow our student athletes to do that. To me, I, I just, I don't see how that could, could even be a thing. I, I agree with you. I thought the sit out a year rule was just made absolutely no sense. And you make the great point about how come you can let a coach do that, but not a player. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, the universities are making all this money based on, you know, the performance of the players. I mean, think about when, you know, Todd Gurley and uh, A.J. Green got in trouble for, you know, selling jerseys or helmets or something silly like that. And the, and the reality is it's ridiculous. And, um, you know, I'm I, I'm for, you know, the portal working the way you said. I'm 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 for players being able to make money off their name, image and likeness. There's because their schools certainly are. And how do you feel about that? Well, yeah, you, you mentioned the Todd Gurley situation, signing a few helmets and a few jerseys. I mean, to me, that's that's the, the premise of what the NIL was supposed to be. Um, and then now it's escalated into, you know, only God knows what, you know, what the heck is going on. Uh, NIL, all these deals, and basically, you know, in a sense, buying players. And it's... It's it's a it's a messy sticky deal going on right now, and um, I, I, there's a lot to be gained from it from a you know a player's perspective. Uh, how you know how long this can go on? Uh, we'll we'll see. I, you know, it, does it you know does it exponentially go higher or does it kind of flatten out? Does it decline big time? I don't know. Time will tell. I, I just man, the the pace it's on. I think it's going to be tough for it to 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 stay with it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think, you know, could they put a cap on it? 
I guess they could. That would start World War III. I, I don't think yeah, they should I do, that. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, do that. I'm not I'm yeah. not for that. I'm not for that. I'm just throwing that out there as something yeah. um, that I've heard because uh, it's it's kind of interesting. You know, they're college athletes, and they're kind of becoming uh, spokespeople for these products. The interesting thing is, is like, okay, I hear of people cutting NIL deals, but then I never see, you know – them in a commercial for anything. Like I, I saw uh, Bryce Young in the Dr. Pepper commercial, which I thought he did a good job with that. I know Stetson, I think did a, a Guthrie's commercial or something like that. But other than that, it's like, I, I don't, I don't ever see him in the commercials. Um, and, and one question that uh, I had many friends want me to ask you is, have you been approached by state, <laughs> state <laughs> farm insurance? <laughs> Yeah, so I, I had a I had a little deal coming out uh, for the draft uh, with them. I got to be you know a spokesperson for them for a day for some media stuff, but nothing, not nothing super crazy. Uh, you know that that's going on. I mean, I would think that you would get approached uh, a lot for people wanting you to be you know a sports sp- spokesperson and endorsing products. Is that something that interests you at all? Yeah, hey, why not? Let's go. Sign me up. I think I'd be pretty good well, at it. I think you'd be great at it. I've got some ideas that I'd like to talk with you about after <laughs> <All right>. this <laughs> interview. <laughs> right, we, can, we can do it. Um, okay, so there's a, uh, you know, the story we've heard forever is you guys are preparing for the Rose Bowl and Stetson's running scout team, playing the role of Baker Mayfield, and that he's lighting up our defense. What did it look like from your perspective? Yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I was, I was running my, my own mission there, uh, you know, working right. on two different you know sides of the fields. So we're working away from each other. You know, if you can put that, you know, into, into perspective here, but yeah, uh, yeah. you'd run it, you'd run it, you'd run a few plays and then, you know, you, you turn around after you finish your play, you see the ball up in the air and, you know, a, a crazy play, a, a scramble, this and that. So uh, he, he was definitely getting at, getting after it over there on that side of the field and, and attacking a really good defense there at that time. And uh, I think it definitely made him better there. You know, he had the opportunity to get a ton of reps, do a great job, not only for you know himself but our defense going into that game, and I, I think it's only only helped him uh, propel him to where it is now. And I mean, what can you say about his uh, journey through college football, other than it has been maybe one of the you know most unique stories ever told? You know, he went from. Awesome. I think it's incredible. I mean, he goes from scout team transfers out transfers in you know they've told him you're not going to see the field so all of a sudden he gets his shot and man does he make the most of it and uh you know i can't believe people are still picking on him uh like like l duncan from espn the hot take she made now i I think i think you know part of that felt a little bit staged and contrived because she's trying to trigger people like me but uh you know how can you not pull for this guy? I mean, you know, it's it's, and the fact that he came back to say, you know what, this story's not done being written, and you know, yeah. now he's getting now he's getting Heisman odds. I mean, got the second highest QBR rating after week one. Um, it's just really cool. And I know, as you know, a fellow quarterback at Georgia, you guys have a bond that I could, I and ninety nine percent of the world could just never understand because of the the room you were in and the meetings you guys were in and just what you guys went through. 
Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. No. I, I think it's it, it's just super awesome, super cool for Stetson. What an unbelievable story. And, and like I said, it's still being written. There's still a lot to go in this one, and and look forward, you know, for him doing awesome things in the future and and, and having a great season and and beyond that. So um, excited about that for sure. So um, yeah, and then be- and then back and then back to the you know to the the skit that uh, uh, Ella did. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was just if she she got what she wanted. She got people to talk about it, and yeah, that was just a skit. Well, that's the perfect way to put it. Is it was a skit, and so I I felt compelled to go on the Paul Feinbaum show yesterday and uh, let her know my thoughts about it, um, challenge her to a thousand dollar bet on Stetson to win the Heisman, which, you know, if, if we win, I think I'd probably donate that money to, I think a cool thing to do is donate that money to Malcolm Mitchell's charity, uh, the magician's hat so that, yeah. you know, everybody wins there. Um, awesome. but are, are, are you going to the game Saturday? Uh, yes. Yep. I'll be at the game Saturday. Gotcha. Um, I'm going. Well, so what? What does a game day look for you now? Are you in the locker room? Are you on the sideline? Are you in a box? What are you doing? I, I have no idea. Well, <laughs> we're gonna find out. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe I'm gonna be. I believe up in a box, but it's, it's my first one. It's a lot, lot of first for me coming up this Saturday. So we'll we'll definitely figure it out. Wow. So wait a minute. This is your first game back since you were in the pros. So this is your first game watching it since you were playing there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's going to be, uh, hey. that's going to be wild. Hey, I, I'm, I'm all in. Let's go, let's go have a good time, man. Let's, let's go dogs. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to text you cause I'm going to be up in a box too. I'd love to hook up with yeah. you. Sounds um, good. so last question, you're about to get your degree, uh, in finance. Do you have any kind of thoughts about where you want to go with that? Gosh, I have no idea. That's the million dollar question. Uh, yeah, uh, figuring out, uh, you know, th- this time, not only, you know, for me to go back three months, go to school, but it's also given me a little time to just, hey, figure out, you know, what I want to do. Um, I-, I think there's a lot of things I, you know, I could get in, a lot, you know, a lot of things that I love to do. Um, and, you know, myself, I-, I like to gather as much information about, you know, whatever decision I'm going to make, you know, just get as much information as I can. So I, I know, um, you know, in my heart that I'm making the right decision. I'm being patient, letting the Lord guide my steps wherever it, it may lead. And um, ultimately just, just want to do his will, uh, follow him, glorify him and all that I do and, and be the best me I can be and whatever that is. Well, from where I'm sitting and I think from where everybody's sitting and I speak for everybody, when I say you've done a great job of doing that, man, you've been such a great example. And um, Thank you. I know that, that that whatever you decide to do, um, you're going to be a success at it. Uh, and I just got to believe that whatever you do, let's just say you're in, I don't know, sales. There's probably not many doors in the state of Georgia that you can't get in being Jake from. <laughs> and I've got some ideas on that, too, that I'd like to talk with you about. <laughs> <off camera. All laughs> <right. laughs> we can do it. We can do it. <laughs> well, Jake. I know you're super busy. I know you probably got a class or a test or something, or maybe some honeydews around the house that you got to do. I got, um, I got some housework I got to do. I bet you do, man. I know how that is. Well, listen, buddy, thanks again so much uh, for being so generous with your time. I really appreciate it. And I uh, hope to see you this Saturday in Athens. 
Yeah, brother. Thank you. Thank you for having me and look forward to it. Let's go. Yes, sir. Let's go. Go dogs. Go dogs. Wow. I mean, what a, just a, he's the perfect example of a DGD. I mean, just such a nice, genuine down to earth guy. It's, it's, you know, what you see is what you get when you've seen him on interviews. You're like, this guy's just, he's perfect. And he, he really does seem like just the perfect dude. I mean, he's Mr. All American guy. Um, and thanks again so much to Jake for coming on. Uh, that was great. Um, hopefully maybe we'll get to do that again. So for the third segment, we are going to go over not only the AP top 10, because it's pretty static, which means that it doesn't move much. And in my opinion, it stinks. We're going to look at a bunch of different top 10s and we're going to start with the bleacher report. So here's what they got. They got Notre Dame at 10. They got USC at nine. And remember, they're my college football playoff sleeper. And they're in the Pac-12 where everybody wet the bed. So right out of the gate, they're like leading the pack in the Pac-12. And they got eh, Pac-12 schedule. So we'll see. All right. OU at eight, whatever. Florida at seven. Because they beat Utah, which, I mean, Utah's supposed to be great. I'm still not sold on that, but we'll see. At six, it's Texas A&M. I still think that's a little bit too high. Then Michigan is at five because clearly the rest of the football world doesn't know what I know, and that is that they stink as well and they have a weak schedule. We'll get to more on that in a minute. At four, they have Clemson. Worth noting that this poll came out before the game last night where they struggled mightily against Georgia. Yuck. Next up at Ohio State, after they struggled with an overrated Notre Dame, the Lugies, I mean the brown eyes, I mean the chin nuts, they're there. By the way, <laughs> I can't even say it. I'll get back to that. I can't even say it. My mom might be watching. Okay. Um, at number two, they have the defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, and then they have you-know-who at number one. Now, I rate this poll as barely average because Michigan doesn't deserve to be there, and neither does Florida, and we should be number one next is a poll by Joel Clark from Fox Sports. Let's see what he says. Baylor at number 10. That's a rough start, Joe, because Baylor is boring and nobody likes him. I've never found a fan of theirs in my entire life. At nine is Notre Dame. Looks like you're getting worse. USC at eight. Doing a little better. Sooners at seven. I'm still not convinced about the Sooners. They got Venables and they got a weak you know, big schedules, whatever. Tammy was at six in this poll, which I still find interesting. I don't know. They bought a great team. We'll see. Uh, Michigan is five in this poll as well. Five in this poll as well. It's starting to wreak a little bit of collusion with all these teams that are putting Michigan at five. We beat the snot out of them. Snot bubbles coming out of their nose last year. Okay. They did not know what hit them. This team is worse. They lost all their good players. Why does everybody think they're so good? They're not. <sighs> Next, four, Clemson. Again, this came out before they played Georgia. Yak last night. Then, again, at number three, it's the brown eyes of Ohio State, which is what Rappin' Rossi refers to them to. And when he's talking about the brown eyes, he's not talking about their eyesight, okay? Next up. And if you don't believe me, look it up on the Urban Dictionary. Google the Urban Dictionary. Find out what I'm talking about. All right, at two, 
He has the defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. And once again, at number one, as you know who. I guess everybody thinks it's really impressive to beat mighty Utah State at home. While we're beating the Nailmore 11 team in the country on neutral ground, and now everybody said, oh, well, Oregon's not that good. They shouldn't have been at number 11. Really? I mean, who else should be at number 11? I mean, after you get to that point, just, you know, pick a team out of a hat and throw them there. They're as worthy of being number 11 as anybody else. So, then we had another Fox Sports guy, and his name is RJ Young, and his bowl is very interesting because he also does a full top 25, which I'm not going to go through. But in this poll, he has Michigan at 17, which makes a lot more sense. So check out his top 10. He had Clemson at 10, and that was before their game against Yak, where they struggled mightily. So this guy, he's looking pretty good. He's kind of flirting a little bit. At nine, he has Utah, which makes zero sense, unless he thinks a lot about Florida. Arkansas at eight. Now I'm starting to think this cat is a maverick. Baylor at seven. Now I'm starting to think this dude is whack. Michigan State at six. Sparty at six. You're not whack. You're smoking crack. Michigan State's not nearly as good as last year. Last year was an anomaly. Then he has Notre Dame at five. Put the heroin down, RJ. It's about time for an intervention. Then at number four, he has Texas A&M. Somebody needs to call this guy's parents. All right. Like everybody else at number three, he has the Ohio State chin nuts. And at number two, he has the sore losers who call themselves Bama, which means at number one, he has the defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. So this guy has the most clout so far. Then we have Jeff Dantzler in from Bulldog Illustrated. This is hot off the press because it just rolled out today. Jeff is an absolute expert. And his poll is always original. It's always unique. And here's what he's got. At number nine, Tennessee. And I agree. Tennessee has a good team this year. They've got a good coach. They've been rebuilding. And they've got a great quarterback. At USC is, it, is number nine. I also agree. Notre Dame is at eight. I mean, I can see him making a case for that based on how well they played Ohio State, although I still am not an Ohio State believer. Seven. He's got Tam U. I'll accept it. At six, he has Florida. I think it's very aggressive, but I'll also respect that too, given their quarterback, who is special. But then at five, he's got Brigham Young out of nowhere. I mean, I just want to know, you know, the, the thought process there. Or you know what? I shouldn't question Jeff Dancer because he knows a lot more about this than I do. It's going to be real interesting to watch and see what Brigham Young does this weekend. I'll get to that in a minute. Clemson, he has it four. Now, I know for a fact that his poll came out before Clemson struggled mightily against Tech in a game that was hard to watch last night because it was so boring. I turned it off. Okay, at three, he has the Ohio State Lugie Brown nut chin nuts. I guess. I mean, where else? You got to have somebody there. But at number two, he redeems himself by placing the sore losers of the West led by an evil elf named Satan. I mean, Saban. And then next, at the top of the heap, you know who it is. It's the defending national champion, University of Georgia Bulldogs. Jeff is wise beyond his young years, but we already knew that, didn't we? Quickly, let's do a top five on the coaches poll. At five, it's Michigan. And more on this nonsense momentarily. Four, Clemson, same thing. Lugies, three. We move up to number two, which is fine for now. I don't care. And a roll of toilet papers at number one because they beat up again on mighty Utah State. Now, 
The last poll is the AP poll. I saved the worst for last. At five, they have Clemson. Ridiculous. Four, they have Michigan. Hilarious. Three is the brown-eyed chin nuts of the state of Ohio. Two is the best team on planet Earth, which is, of course, us. And one is Bama, because like referees, all pollsters fear the evil elf known as Saban. But as we all know, nothing is more accurate. Nothing is more perfectly accurate than the Mad Dog Top 10. So here we go. I agree with Dancer. Tennessee comes in at number 10. As I said, Hooker is the real deal at QB. The Volunteers were a couple of plays away from beating us last year. If you don't believe me, go back and rewatch that game. I'm talking four or five plays go different, we lose. Nine, Kentucky. Stoops has them on a roll with his recruiting. Their quarterback's great, and his name is Will Levis. Eight is Oklahoma, because why not? They're Venables. Everybody thinks that they're good or average. they got a weak schedule in the Big 12. you got to put somebody there. Texas A&M. I agree with Saban on this point. You did buy the number one recruiting class last year. Sorry, Jimbo, you did. Now, you did it within the rules, but you violated the spirit of the rules, and for that, we frown upon you from our lofty perch far, far above you. So, time will tell if you prove your ranking. You sit at number seven for now. Clemson, you sit at six because you, too, have a weak schedule. An ACC schedule is weak, and just because it is an ACC schedule. You're a basketball league, at best ACC. Moving right along, Florida is at number five. I know, that may be controversial, but Billy Napier is a good coach. They have athletes on that team. He recruited good athletes, and again, their quarterback is special. You're going to hear about this guy a lot more. He's like almost like watching... It's almost like watching Cam Newton. Um, so, at number four, if you've been paying attention, you know that USC is my sleeper. They are my dark horse. Lincoln Riley is a good coach. Lincoln Riley rated the transfer portal like a pirate. I think he's got something like 40 new players on that team. It's like an all-star team that he assembled by hand. And, again, they've got a weak Pac-12 schedule. So, I mean, Utah's already down. Oregon's down. Their biggest game, arguably, is, I guess, Notre Dame. So it's like a one-game schedule for them. I mean, put them at four because why not? doesn't really matter. Three, Ohio State, Lugie Chin Nuts are number three. I loathe everything about this school, and it's worth pointing out. Last year, they were the second-best team in the state of Ohio, the number one team being Cincinnati. Number two, we have the sorest losers in the history of sports, led by the evil elf known only as Saban. Sorry, not sorry. And of course, at number one, we have the defending national champion, George Bulldogs. HBTD, HBTFD, and I'm not going to say the last one or my wife will kill me. Last thing about these polls, why is Michigan ranked so high for absolutely no reason? I'll tell you why. Because the chin nuts of Ohio State need somebody decent on their hollow schedule to point to when they finish the year and the committee wants to have them in there. You're going to have Michigan, who's played nobody, send it four, and they're going to go, oh, remember, they beat mighty Notre Dame. And look, they just beat Michigan. They got to be in there. Great. Have them in there. I want to beat your brains in. I would like nothing better than to beat Ohio State out of the playoffs. I dream of that. So, please, let's let that happen. So now, never, ma- <laughs> never doubt me. Never doubt my poll. 
I'm not here for my good looks, I can assure you. So let's go to Facebook. I want to know right now, what's it going to be with Ohio State? Are they going to be the Chin Nuts? Could they be Wolfie? Should we nickname them Wolfie? I think that would be good. Right now, it is looking like I'm not seeing anything about the Chin Nuts. I'm not seeing anything about the Loogies. Scroll back up. Let me see. I think I think right now we're going with Rappin' Ross D. Rappin' Ross D, it's looking like it's going to be, and, and I love this, the Ohio State Brown Eyes. And it's also looking like it's going to be the Mad Dog Top 10. Next, we have another Bulldog DGD, and it's the Mad Dog Injury Report, sponsored by Ortho Georgia. Here we go. Well, we are thrilled to have back Dr. Ryan Snetzer as a part of our new segment, which is the Ortho Georgia Injury Report. And as requested last week, this injury report is short. So thank you very much, Dr. Snetzer. Uh, tell us what you got. Yeah, so uh, coming off the big win, you know, it looks like uh, duck season started a little early in Georgia this year. Uh, <laughs> That's right. But, uh, but yeah, only one injury really to uh, talk about was Chris Smith. Uh, injured his shoulder, had, uh, had a stinger injury, which is um, – it, it was basically a temporary nerve palsy, we'll say that. Uh, it's just basically a stretch or an injury to the nerves in the kind of the shoulder area. Uh, it can cause a little bit of weakness, maybe some numbness and tingling in the arm. Uh, again, it's just temporary. It could be just for a few minutes. Uh, it could be a day or two. Uh, so he's going to be kind of day-to-day for him. I think once he you know gets full recovery, has his strength back with no more numbness and tingling, he'll be uh, able to get back on the field. Yeah, that, that's one of those injuries where, you know, in the past I hear it and I go, oh, yeah, it's, he's got a stinger. But I, I really don't, you know, know what a stinger is. It sounds like it's almost called by blunt force trauma to exactly. a, a nerve in a particular area. And just it goes maybe temporarily numb and it takes a little bit for it to come back. Yeah, so what it is, there's a, there's a, a, a kind of like a bushel of nerves in, in our shoulder area as they come out of the neck called the brachial plexus. And those are the nerves that go down the arm. And, you know, when you get hit on the shoulder, uh, it's typically from a shoulder injury, uh, but you get, it's kind of like a blunt force trauma or even a little stretch to those nerves, uh, which can cause a temporary uh, symptoms in that arm where those nerves go. Um, it can any, range of anywhere, just some numbness and tingling to, to some weakness. Uh, and again, you know, there are, there are, it's only temporary. Uh, you just gotta, you gotta take some time to, to let those nerves recover and, and get back. It's kind of like getting punched in the mouth. You know, you might not break any teeth. You got a fat lip for a while. You can still function, but it's going to take a while to, you know, look and feel the same way as you did before. Exactly. Well, I was excited to see, you know, uh, Tyke Smith back out there because, you know, we had been concerned about him coming back from that ACL and yep. he got some playing time, which to me was was very encouraging that he was even out there at all. Yeah, I think getting him out there, get, just getting some reps in and, and game time action, just letting him know that, hey, you know, kind of just build that confidence back. Hey, man, you can, you, you're back where you were. You can do the things you were doing. You can make those cuts. You can do what you need to do. Uh, I think that's just, you know, good good to see. I mean, these guys are coming back from these injuries faster. Um, you know, used to be ACL injury, you're thinking at least a year. Now you're, you're looking at nine months or less sometimes. Yeah, and your words were in my ears right when I saw him out there. I was like, okay, his knee's back, and that's exactly what he's trying to do. He's trying to gain confidence in the knee. And, you know, I've unfortunately blown my knee out uh, a couple times. I'm actually uh, an ortho Georgia client from way back in the days of the predecessor 
of ortho georgia with emory johnson and and oh, it's yeah. true it's, it's you can be healed up but but you don't trust it and the only way to trust it is to get back out there and run around on it and, and see that you can trust it that's right got to get back out there and, and and do it again yeah so like i said i mean just as requested you have given us a short injury report and we thank you for that is is yeah, there any well, other tid any other tidbits you'd like to give us uh, since that was so quick? <laughs> no, man. I just I tell you, man. We uh, we look we look good. I mean, you know, uh, it, it's hard to find a fault in anything we did. Um, looks like it's going to be another exciting year. Um, you know, looking forward to you know got a you know not not a huge game this week, but I got a game where certainly we want to try to get through without any injuries. Let some younger guys get some playing time. You know, we got Sanford coming up on Saturday. Looking forward to that. Taking my kids up there. Um, so, you know, I think the biggest thing this weekend, you want to get the younger guys some playing time. Let some of these guys get, you know, get the feel what it's like playing in front of a, a big stadium like that. And uh, and hopefully no injuries. You can hopefully have a, a short injury report, maybe even no injury report next week. We can just sit here and talk football. Exactly. And, and to your point about playing younger players, it's also a time to bring younger people to the game, which is exactly what you're doing. And what I used to do when my kids were young, I'm bringing them to games like this because I know yep. they're not going to be stressful. You know, you're yeah. going to probably get a big win. And, and you know, your biggest stress is like, oh, my gosh, I hope, you know, somebody doesn't get hurt on some stupid trash play. And so you try and get yeah. the starters out of there as soon as possible. You know, I don't I don't want to see the starters in the second half of this game. And I would bet that, you know, I bet we don't even beat Sanford as bad as we beat Oregon. There's certainly a chance. But, I mean, I, I'll tell you, man, our, sec our young guys are just as – talented as our starters they just need the time um so i think the more times we can get them in there the more reps they get the better we're going to be you know people were, were were worried about our defense coming into this year when you know we lose you know so many guys five first rounders to the to the draft and i mean i'd hesitate to say this defense is just as good or maybe even better than we had last year i mean that's saying after one game but those guys are getting after it out there um and it's just i think it just goes to so these uh you know these last couple of years of recruiting you know, being up there in the in the recruiting class that we've had, they're finally starting to starting to pay dividends with you know with you know five stars starting, five stars backing up, and five stars playing third string. So you we'll you just you nailed it. And and Paul Feinbaum said yesterday, he goes, you know, this time last year, well, he prefaced it by saying, when you recruit at the level that Georgia has, this is what you're going to get. At this time last year, what Georgia had was, you know, after the Clemson game, you're like, wow, what an amazing defense, and that was all that we had going for us. But this year. To quote him, we've got everything going for us. I mean, that the offense looked like they had just taken the natty from last year to a whole nother level. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. I, I, you know, Stetson Bennett looks like a whole new quarterback out there. He has a lot of confidence and you know, was throwing the ball with that confidence and moving it around. You know, he controls that offense now. I mean, that's his offense. He's the one in charge. He's out there leading them. Um, I was real impressed with how he looked Saturday. Uh, I just thought it looked like he knew what he was wanting to do with the ball every play. He was getting it out of his hand. Um, yeah, I mean, he just, he looked like a, a whole new quarterback out there. He looked like a Heisman Trophy candidate. He certainly did. And he certainly I did. mean, it, 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 more so than anybody else who played last week. I mean, you know, Junk threw more touchdowns, but he threw them against Utah State. Big deal, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, well, anyway, man, we're about to, uh, we're about to have to jump. So, thank you very much for squeezing us in um between surgeries and kids and everything else you got going on and let's keep it uh just this brief next week so all we got to do is talk about football 
Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks, Dr. Snesser. See you next time. Next week. Ryan Snetzer, Dr. Ryan Snetzer, another DGD. Um, and so thanks to him and thanks to our new sponsor, Ortho Georgia. That was awesome. Glad it was brief. Look forward to talking to him next week and hopefully it'll be nothing about football. So next, we're going to talk about the duck disaster recap. Our dogs dined on a duck dinner. I mean, we completely defeathered them will be plucked them naked i mean consider this they they flew like 5216 miles to kick a field goal and they got totally emasculated i mean hell they got virtually castrated out there and we not only look better than last year more importantly we got to knock the stench off that bins and it was good to go in there and make some happy memories and start getting the mojo going in the right direction I mean, it felt glorious, but I mean, we can't get too excited. This was just a Pac-12 team, some Pac-12 pansies. So, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. And just remember this, everybody was so worried about Dan Lanning. They were so worried that he knew so much about our team that he was going to, you know, be able to use against us. And, And he did. He knew all of our players on D, okay? Every single one of them very well knew their hometowns, their mom and them, knew their wives, their kids, their parents, all of that. And he could not do anything to stop them. Zero, nada, zilch, nothing. And he knew the same thing about the offense. He knew all the players and all of their tendencies. And here's a great quote I found from Dan Lanning. I know what bothers Stetson Bennett. Really, Dan? What bothers him? I'd like to know. Allow me to answer that question since you clearly couldn't. What bothers Stetson Bennett IV? Not a doggone thing. Please doubt him. Please question him. Tell him he's not good enough because all he's going to do is take that negativity and he's going to convert that into fuel, fuel for his fire. And right now, it looks like that fire is raging and it's about to be raging out of control. So, I mean, we we imposed our will on the Ducks. I mean, you hear people say that, you know, oh, at the end of the game when it was tight, they imposed their will. We did that from start to finish. It was like we were playing Michigan again. There was nothing that they could do to stop us. We did whatever we wanted, whenever we wanted, with whoever we wanted, wherever we wanted. I mean, it was who, what, when, where, why. We did it all I mean, we had our way with them in a biblical sense. Now I'm saying, I mean, it was such a bad, pathetic attempt at football by the Ducks that I couldn't even bring myself to heckle their fans. I mean, they were so meek and mild on top of that, and they were in their hideous, horrific yellow duck gear that it was like you didn't have the heart to harass them. I mean, they were like the Daffy Ducks out there or something. They were... a caricature of themselves. It was, I mean, I was, there was one guy standing in line with us. He was like, how much did you pay for tickets? And we're like, well, you know, we had a good buddy. He gave them to us. Really? Ah, man, we paid a thousand bucks for these tickets. And I'm going, oh man, let's add this up. Thousand bucks for tickets, a couple nights in a hotel room. Let's just be generous and say that's another, I don't know, 700 bucks. So is it 1700 plus airfare, let's say that's another 800, he's at 2,500, you know, food and libations, that's 
3000 bucks a person to fly in for just a total ass whooping. And I mean, it was embarrassing, but enough about them. Let's talk about our dogs. First, you won't believe this, but I'm going to talk about SB Force. That's been at the fourth. Now, his stats were crazy. 25 of 31 for 368 yards, two touchdowns through the air, and one through the ground. One on the ground, which was a nasty naked bootleg that faked everybody out, including me and including the cameraman. So, you know, let's, let's try and pick on Stetson a little bit. Let's look at his six incompletions. Because I did. I rewatched the game, which is what I always do. They're very telling. So, two of them were throwaways. There was nobody there. He threw the ball out of bounds. Next was a shovel pass drop. Next was a drop by a receiver who I will not name. The fifth was an incompletion. Some would say he overthrew McConkey. Some, like me, might say that McConkey underran it. So, Where's the sixth one? I can't even find the sixth one. Somebody tell me what the sixth incompletion was. I think that's just a statistician's error. So let's recap. Two passes out of bounds. Two All-Americans drop passes. Well, underran the throw and the sixth incompletion doesn't exist. So the translation is he basically pitched a perfect game. He basically threw a no-no. And that's why his QBR is 97.3. 97.3. That may be the highest QBR of any UGA quarterback ever, which leads me to this. Kirby's been saying that we're thin at wide receiver. I mean, you all heard it, thin. That's what thin looks like. I mean, we're as thin as I was after my freshman fall at Georgia, which is to say we're fat. I'd gained 25 pounds my freshman fall at Georgia. It looked like somebody stuck a helium pump up my rear end. I was large. Our receiving core is large. I mean, the only one who's missing that I know of is Arian Smith. And, you know, Arian Smith has tended to be injury prone. That's nothing against him. Get well soon, Arian. We want you back. You're great. You, you're fast as lightning. You can take the top off the defense. It'd be a great addition after you come back from your ankle surgery. So, the receiving room stacked. And so, what about our running backs? Well, maybe we should call them our receiving backs because running back Kenny McIntosh was our leading receiver with nine catches for 117 yards, which is 13 yards per catch. He also had five rushes for 18 yards. Another TV TD Kendall Milton was the leading rusher. He had eight carries for 50 yards with a TD. He also added a TD through the air. Dejon Edwards, who is our third string running back looked great. He had 24 yards on four carries, as well as two catches for 34 yards. Lad McConkey refused to let Kendall Milton outdo him, and he too had one through the air and one on the ground. A.D. Mitchell looked like an All-American. He had five catches for 65 yards in the TD. Kier had three catches. Brock had two catches. Darnell had two catches, including a top plays of the week catch where he shook off a defender and hurdled this guy who wanted no piece of him. I mean, the guy dove at the ground. I mean, he's going to get lit up in the film room. That was a joke. I mean, he didn't even try to tackle him. And in his defense, he was looking out for his own life because who's going to want to tackle six foot eight Darnell Washington? I don't know anybody that would. I'm definitely not going to be the one to try and tackle that giant. Next. MRJS, a.k.a. Marcus Rosamy Jack Saint. 
he changed his jersey number. He is now number one. He looked great. He had a catch, too, along with Sivon Clark, who is our fifth string running back. So we had 10 different dudes catching the balls. That doesn't sound too thin to me. And we didn't even see Arik or Eric Gilbert catch a pass. I think he was targeted one time, got in there late. Now, offensive summary, 571 total yards, which was 132 on the ground, 430 by air, seven touchdowns on seven straight drives to start the game, which that stat's gone viral all over the internet. Um, I can't even remember what it is. Maybe three teams have done that in the last such and such years. Doesn't matter. We were fantastic. We had one punt at the end of the game. We had been worried about the punter. The Aussie came in there and booted one about 50-something yards, and we had no turnovers. And about that defense is being rebuilt. The rumors of their demise have been grossly exaggerated. I mean, wow. The hardest thing about that defense was keeping up with all the new numbers. And we're going to do that in just a second. Here's one number that stuck out. Number 24, Malachi Starks. And you know what I'm going to talk about. And that's that interception that Kirby Smart said was the best interception that he had ever seen. Now think about the weight of that statement. Kirby Smart has been around the block when it comes to football. He was raised by a father who coached football. I mean, he's been in the game since, I don't know, he was four. So that interception is the best he's ever seen from an absolute true freshman who, oh, by the way, led the team in tackles. And our DBs led the team in tackles, which might be the only point that concerns me because you never want your DBs leading the team in tackles. I maintain that there's a lot of holding going on. Uh, but, you know, Oregon, you know, their strength was their O-line. So, you know, it is what it is. If that's my biggest complaint, then I'll take that, you know, every day of the week. Now, what about Chris Smith? Well, Chris Smith was accused of a horse collar tackle. And what really happened, if you watch that play and slow it down, was he was face masked on a stiff arm. All he did was ride that guy to the ground. He did not have him by his horse collar. He had him by his shoulder pad. So what was his answer to that? Next play, he picks Bo Picks and takes it. I mean, he was streaking. I think if he had cut outside, he would have scored. But who am I to criticize Chris Smith? So after that, the only points that they got were penalty aided. I think on their drive, they got a couple of first downs off penalties. And the worst one was unnecessary roughness on Kamari Lassiter. I mean, is there such thing as tackling somebody too hard? What was he supposed to do? Was he supposed to set him down gently on the ground? Because that's not what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to slam him to the ground. And it's like, like he dumped him on his head. He dumped him on the side of his body. So, I mean, having the penalty unnecessary roughness in football is like you're on an airplane and they have a non-smoking section. It just doesn't work. Or you're in a swimming pool and they go, oh, this section over here is the non-peeing section. It just, it makes zero sense. They need to do away with that penalty. <sighs> what else do I have to say about that? We just didn't have any mercy on them. It was a feeding frenzy. We had 24 do dogs with tackles on defense. The only thing that could be considered concerning is, again, our DBs led the team in tackling. And it, again, it's worth noting that the D-line was held routinely. I, I think the, the refs literally had to look the other way or the, that game would have gotten even farther out of hand but enough about 
the defense and all their new numbers because I want to bring some guys in here to talk about that. And one of them is the guy, Neil, the guru of college football. And the other one, if he'll turn his camera on, is Amarlo Herrera, also known as Five Deuce, the great linebacker from the University of Georgia, who's also an accomplished author. Who There he is. I gave him a long intro. He's there. Five Deuce, what's up? How you doing? How you doing? Good. Good to see you again. Did you have a good summer. I know, right? It's great to see you again. Good to see you. Good to see you. How was your golf match today? How'd you? Uh, I did. I did better than normal. Um, that's all I say. <laughs> better than normal. We still got to get you down here to play, man. I want to see what you got. Oh, yeah. You're posting. You're posting all these videos, and we know how that is. You ain't posting videos of your bad shots. We're only seeing the good ones. Ah oh, man, most of them are good. Most of them most are good. Them. Well, what's your yeah, handicap? What's your handicap? Uh, terrible right now. Four months in, so it's kind of bad. Oh, you've only been playing four months? Four months constantly. Four months constantly. Well, then yeah. you're the perfect guy to play with me. I'll make you feel better about your game. I'm terrible at it. It's the most unnatural sport ever invented for me. Um, so it looks like maybe Guy Neal had to go to class. So that's fine. You're going to test me. Tell me. <laughs> the numbers that stood out to you as you watched the defense? Oh, man, you already said a few. So um, I'll also say um, it's a few that I like since last year that um, got the chance to play this year. So um, I'll give you two right now, um, two and ten. Don't look at the – you're looking at a roster. Okay, look, 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 look. I'm chief. not looking. Okay, two, smile, Munden. And that was one that I had a hard time of him picking me out because I kept seeing two, and I'm like, oh, that's a DB. No, it's Munden. Ten is um, Dumas Johnson, a.k.a. Pops. And he looked – man, He they, both of those two guys look like beasts out there. Yeah, they look pretty good. They look pretty good. They stood out to me since last year. So I'm glad to see them finally playing this year. No doubt. No doubt. All right, who else you have? Uh, I'll go a few more on defense and then I'll go over to offense. So, um, obviously you said 24, um, 29 also. Um, and, and these are the players that's, that's, um, that's just starting. That's pretty young. So I'm not going to say the older guys who we already right. know. Right. Yeah. Chris Smith um, and Malachi. Yeah. Yeah. So 20, 29 is, um, he looked like he could be a stud as well. Um, with more time out there on the field, he'll probably be he'll probably be um, an SEC um, SEC leader at safety. Um, I think, in my opinion. Wait now, wait! You're stumping me. Who's 29? I don't know his name. That's what you. Oh man! I, okay, I thought you were about to tell me his name. Hold on, give me a second. Let me get to my roster. 29. See, I, I had to wa- I had to have this roster with me. The entire, <laughs> I mean, the entire game. All right, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. 29 is that's Chris Smith. Uh, I don't know his name. <laughs> that's Chris Smith. No, that Chris Smith, he's been around the block. He's been around the block. He's the one who picked off the, uh, he had a pick six against Clemson last year. 
he did. He did have the pick six. Well, he didn't. I didn't see him no more in the year like that. Um, hey, you, you know, you you come as advertised. You're a numbers guy. I mean, numbers are your life. You're in the financial markets. You're watching the game. You're going numbers. All right. What else you got? Um, on offense, obviously, um, and we all know him. I just got said though because he's my favorite player on the on the Georgia team right now. Six. So he's my favorite player. He's going to always stand out. So that's a given. Um, I also like um, 30. So 30, um, and I don't know his name. He played a lot at the end of the games last year. But um, what he was able to do. Yeah, so what he was able to do with the um, time that he had um, this this past game and also last season is pretty good. Um, I think he – He'll one day be a starter um, down the line, maybe his senior year. Um, but for now, he's he's a great backup, and he's a great guy. Yeah, I mean, what a team player. I've been saying this about Dejon Edwards for a while now. I mean, he can go to most other teams, and he's starting, right? But he's just a total team player. He's selfless. He's like, you know, I'm waiting my time. You know, really just like um, – uh, Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton. You know, they had to wait their turn but behind Zeus – and the other guys, and and you just hit the nail on the head, and he had a great game. I could not agree more. Yeah, and, and again, uh, that's what a lot of kids don't want to do these days. They want to, you know, they they want to start. And so when you get guys like him who are key, um, that's how you build that program, and that's how you build those dynasties. Um, and offense, I mean, all of those guys, look, I mean – there's so many people running around and stuff. You can't just pick off one because everything was almost a big play majority of the time. So um, the offense all around was um, pretty good, especially that O-line. The O-line is beastly and they're deep. And so they're able to, you know, bring guys in and out to keep them fresh. And, you know, Stetson has so many weapons. And and one guy that I really – that flashed for me is, is Big O. Uh, Darnell Washington, I mean, if he can stay healthy, he is just going to just be unstoppable. I mean, when you're able to just sling tacklers off and you get to the next guy and you just jump over him, I I mean, people see that on tape. Players see that on tape. They don't want any part of that. Oh, they're going to be going at ankles and he's going to be stepping over them. And I just can't wait to see more of that. Yeah, we all knew he was going to be a monster. Um, that tight end room is um, one of the – I don't – you guys may not know, but the tight end's been pretty good for the last 10 years. Um, Wait a minute. Now, I know that. I know that. A lot A lot I mean, of people don't. A lot of people right. don't know. Um, they just see the, you know, the glimpse and the glamours. They don't know that this – it's been um, a lot of tight ends, a lot of D-line, linebackers. It's been a, running backs. It's been deep um, for the past few years where you have um, every year, every other year, it's an all-SEC player in one of those categories. And we, we may have had all-SEC uh, tight ends for a while. You make a great point, and 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 the announcers were basically saying what you're saying uh, in a different way when they talked about the fact that no check no check this out check this out they made the point that um, John Fitzpatrick 
a tight end last year. He goes, John Fitzpatrick got drafted. He goes, I didn't even remember that guy. And the reason is because he was mainly a blocking tight end, but he's still like six foot six, you know, 250. And now he's playing on Sunday. So that yeah. just that just reinforces your point. Yeah, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys that you won't know that's that's pretty good. That's been there and that that built that you know that legacy and laid that foundation for these new guys. Here's somebody that stuck out for me. Did you notice? Um, well, double deuce on defense twenty two. Javon Bullard. He was playing star. Yeah, I've seen him in a little bit. Him and um, him and him and uh, Pool rotate. That's right. So I've seen him a little bit. Yeah, and and that for me was just somebody that I, I didn't really hear about until kind of late in camp that he had really been coming on and uh, was going to see the field a lot. And he looked good. He looked really good. I I, I think he might have gotten more snaps than uh, Billy Pool. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but we'll see. Um, I mean, this week will be those um, young guys and young starters turn to um, really hone in on college football and really make a statement. So um, they have to come out this week with a you know sense of urgency and a sense to dominate. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll be empty in the bench. Are you going to the game? Yeah, I'll be there. Cool. Who are you going to be with? Uh, my brother and my sister. Nice. Well, hopefully I'll see you the same place I saw you last time. If they let me up there. <laughs> oh, man, all you got to do is put your jersey on, man. You just walk straight up there. <laughs> That's the problem. I won't have on a jersey, so it's a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Well, uh, I'll, I'll text you on Saturday and see if we can hook up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have um, – they're doing a recognition – at halftime, so I'll um, I'll be down there for a little bit. Um, don't know how long I'm gonna stay at the game, honestly, but I'll be down there for a little minute. What's the recognition? What are they doing? Uh, they're recognizing the 2012 football team. So that team, and it's a few more teams too at halftime that they're recognized. Cool. I'll get. To, I, I know some guys that are working in the game as photographers. I'll get them to make sure they get some good shots of you. Yeah, they normally do. I know I know a lot of them, too, so they'll probably get a you know, I wear my Mad Dog shirt and hat. There you go, man. Everybody knows that Five Deuce is very photogenic. Everybody's <laughs> going to be clamoring to get a shot. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on and making time for us. And um, hopefully we can do this again. Oh, yeah, no problem. Just let me know. You know you have my number, so whenever you're ready, just let me know. I'll do it, man. Thanks again. All right, thank you. All right, peace. All right, everybody. Once again, that was Marlo Herrera, a.k.a. Five Deuce, legendary linebacker from this great defending national champion, University of Georgia. Always great to talk to him. Got to do that special adventures with him this past year and go over his book in detail. Was it worth it? It's a great book that details his career and all the sacrifices that athletes make. I highly recommend it. Um, so next, we were supposed to talk to the dudes from the Dog Bone. I got a text that looks like, unfortunately, they're sick. I don't know if they got engorged on all the duck they feasted on. 
But anyway, get well soon, boys. And that's fine because it just creates more time for the legend himself. The man who's so cool, he goes by one name. And that is, of course, from parts unknown, the one, the only, Buffalo. What's up? Affleck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Worst commercial. Uh, don't bring up the worst commercial in history. Well, the that's cringy. the nut. Man, that's the now, nut. Yeah, that's right. That's two terrible things together. Oregon and Aflac commercials. <laughs> hey, you're 15 out of 16, I think. My math's right. huh? Since your show I, started. Last okay. Year, okay. Played 16 games. Is that right? You know, I, I hadn't even thought about that. Is that the is that the Mad Dog Show record? That's I think that's, that's the Mad Dog Show record. Man, yeah, the hiccup I, uh, December last year, but uh, other than that, your your uh, good luck charm is is rolling along. Well, I wish I could take credit for that, and thank you for pointing it out. And I don't know what's cooler right now: your Uptown Lounge shirt or the number thirteen hanging on the wall behind you. Oh yeah, I call that that's the shit. That's the step. Well, it looks yeah. like you got some good memorabilia there uh, in your uh, what I what I guess is your man cave. It is. It is. It is. Yeah, the, the old uptown lounge shirt came out, and I hadn't worn it in a while, so I thought I'd bring it out. Don't even act like you still have that leftover from when you were in Athens. I know you. No, no, no I got it. it. I got it about nine years ago. It's it hasn't been worn much. It was kind of a redo. I'm not going to say it's an original. I, I'm not lying. I, I want one because those those shirts are just so iconic for all the memories that were made there, man. It's um, if you're around when the Uptown Lounge was in Athens, you were around for an extremely special musical period in Athens, and that is an extremely special musical place. So that's saying something. It definitely is. That was a great place. Have fond memories. Uh, a lot of weeknights when I probably should have been studying, I may have been at the old Uptown Lounge and well, class, but I, I made it through. You you know, it's, 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 it's college is not a race, Buffalo. It's not a race. You know, you get out when you get out. Nobody, nobody should be worried about how long it takes. And um, I got to tell you, you, you kind of played a part in, in triggering this week when you sent me that L Duncan video because i i hadn't seen that and you know you, you send me a lot of cool stuff and i'm like oh yeah here's something from espn with this l duncan whatever and then i looked at it and i was like oh oh my god <laughs> i i got i've got to address this immediately i have to write this wrong and, well, and then i so thank you all right well i actually saw it last week before the show began i was kind of looking through some stuff, but I didn't want to unload it on you right before, right when the show was about to start. I thought it might upend the show in some way. You might and it would it. have. You would have thrown my mojo way off. I waited. I waited before I unleashed you on her. Uh, the, the poor woman doesn't know what's what's coming. And it's not over. I'm going, I'm going to be going back on fine bomb and I'm going to be pounding, you know, the, the people he has on there, you know, the Bama fans whose names I won't mention. They don't get airtime on this show. But just know there's a reckoning. There's a reckoning coming. And I'm going to – and it, it's, it's actually – it's perfect. 
because as he just keeps going and just keeps, you know, proving the doubters wrong, it's just going to be nice to watch them eat crow. I'll just say crow. They'll eat crow. They will. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, there were a lot of doubters. Now, there's not as many as there used to be. There's still a few, and I guess she's one of them. Uh, it's so cute to come on the show with the, the G and be all bubbly to Paul and then just kind of drag Stetson around and, and, and think you're so funny because it's kind of the national narrative or, or people who really don't know what they're talking about. It, it was really, yeah, and I mean, really I mean, cute. Yeah, real cute. And Fromm put it perfectly. It's a skit. I mean, if you go back and watch it, it's a skit. It's a They put that together. She's reading off a teleprompter. She's she's good at acting like she's not, but she is. Um, and it's like, okay, what, what's your what's the point here? Uh, you know, you're not really a Georgia fan. You just say stuff like that because you live in Atlanta and you're on ESPN, so you got to. Um, so I, I don't know. I invite you, L. Duncan, to come on this show and tell us what in the world you were thinking. And I, think I invite I, I invite you to take my bet. Unless you don't have a thousand bucks like I do to risk, for heaven's sake. I mean, by you know, by by the end of September, Stetson's odds will have plummeted even further. They'll probably be down to like five to one. Yeah, he, he looked really good. I mean, a lot of times, you know, teams come out opening game, as we saw last year uh, when we came out against Clemson. The, the defense was 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 on point. The offense was. It's having some struggles, and that can happen sometime. And now this team, I don't know what we did in camp, but whatever it was, it was – I mean, we look like a well-oiled late November team right there. It, you know, they say your greatest improvement comes from, from game one on to about game three or three to five. Man, if we if we improve from Saturday, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and, and, you know, to your point about last year, you know, game one, Stetson didn't even play. And he didn't get any and, – and then he came in and took over after getting no reps in the spring, very right. few reps in the summer. And so I, I think you see a big difference because he got all the reps in the spring. He got all the reps in the summer. There's absolutely zero people questioning him. He's the unquestioned leader of that offense and of that team. And there's just – just something different about that, right? I mean, not to mention the credibility of winning a national championship. So, you know, I, I just think that he's playing with house money, man, you know? Definitely. And I, I know we, we may have flirted with uh, Caleb Williams a little bit earlier this summer, but and I, no matter what happens, I'm, I'm glad that that didn't come around and, and not saying he would have been a starter. Stetson seems to keep a lot of people down that are, are highly rated, but I'm, I'm glad that he's here. Uh, you can feel the team that, that they're, they're all connected as Kirby said, you, you saw that with the, with the punter late in the game, it didn't mean anything. He kicks a 53 yarder in the air. And I know we've been having a little trouble on the punting during, during the summer, but if you saw the, the, the reaction from the sideline when the punter comes off, and I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. Uh, he's only Thorson. Thorson. Okay. When Thor came off, uh, <laughs> if you saw Great all the guys congratulating him and what the whole sideline was doing, you know, at that point the game was a joke, and they could have been messing around. Man, they were genuinely, genuinely excited, and and I think that just shows you 
what kind of team this is. And it and it's about chemistry and just rewinding back to your point about Caleb Williams. I couldn't agree with you more. When I started hearing those rumors, I was like, oh, please no. Do not do not bring in somebody that's gonna totally up up in the chemistry that this team has. We just won a national championship with this guy. Do not bring in a quarterback. So I'm very thankful. And Caleb Rilling, nothing against Caleb Williams. He's a great quarterback. Oklahoma, I mean, Lincoln Riley and USC is a much better fit from him. And they'll he'll, he'll do great out there, but Setson's our guy. Definitely. I mean, we need our guy. That's what this team's, you know, as I said earlier, connection. And I think he is a, you know, one of the, 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 the pillars of that connection. And without him, uh, I don't know how the team would be. It might be, it might not be quite as connected. And I think that goes a long way, like I said, especially in college. I, I can't speak on pro, but I think it goes a long way at this level. Do you think that connection was the reason for his radical haircut and the transition to to Quavius uh, Bennett that went, that went viral? Yeah, he went downtown, man. He 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 got out the number. He told him to get the. I don't know what was that the number seven Clippers and just just rip it rip it down, man. He he had it. He was like I didn't know he'd done that until I saw until I turned on the game. Yeah, I mean, he went from a white man's afro to just a fade, and it was just a completely different look. I mean, it's it's fine. I'm sure it's a lot cooler with a helmet on. Um, but you know, it's the little things, Buffalo. It's the little things like that that build that connectivity. And That's chemistry. exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, a few things you you mentioned. You talked a lot about the game. Uh, you know the do you know the closest SEC running back in receiving yards? Two Macintoshes. What do you have? 117. Yeah. Uh, the closest guy in the league Saturday was 39. So, man. Really? Yeah. Running back wise, yes. All right. Before so you, you go further, about, go ahead. Go ahead. If you think about, uh, I don't think we really went crazy on offense either. We didn't really show much. I mean, we no, we, we just didn't. Kinda, we 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 just kind of. So now, you know, now they got Brock, Darnell. A number of wide receivers, Kiaris, AD, and and the like, McCaukey. Excuse me, I shouldn't have forgotten him. He's running wild. Now you got Kenny McIntosh, which we knew last year he's a good receiver. I don't know. All these guys show up on the field at once. I think it's really thrown. It'll throw these defend these defensive coordinators for a loop coming up. I agree, and I, and I think you know maybe another reason they wanted to uh, just do so much passing is you know just to dial that in, dial the timing in in a real game. We know we can run the ball. Let's have less wear and tear on our backs. It's a long season. This next game, we're going to have less wear and tear on our backs because of who we play, and have everybody showing up uh, in South Carolina just fresh as daisies. Yeah, and I think I think we're gonna I think we're gonna, we're probably gonna run decent amount this week a little bit with a number of people uh just to kind of get it not not wear anybody out obviously i think we're gonna see up to five running backs by the end of the game i think i just saw the spread before i came on it was up, it was up to 52 if that means anything but uh yeah I, I like the fact that we didn't show anything yet we, we look so lethal. so what happens if we start pulling things out of the playbook that you know, no one's seen. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess we'll hold that when we need it. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to think you're right and that we're, we're definitely being as vanilla as possible, which, which we could be. 
you know, and, and even not even showing, you know, Eric Gilbert out there with our other two monsters. Uh, he got, he got in late, but it seems like they're bringing him along slowly, but man, once, once he's up to full speed and has the playbook down and you know what I'm going to say, I mean, you have him and Darnell and, and Bowers and I mean, put throw Delp in there. I mean, what if you come out with four tight ends? They're just, it's a, it's not a mismatch nightmare. It's a mismatch impossibility. You just can't do anything with that. I just can't. <laughs> and that, you know, like, like I said, Bowers caught two, uh, Darnell caught two, but I think that allowed Kenny to run wild. That allows McConkey to be wide open all the time, all night. It, it just opens up all, tons of doors, just them, whether they're catching it or not. So. Yeah, and, and Lanning even said, you know, that their game plan was they were not going to let Bowers beat them. Well, so what? You know, Bowers still got two catches. Everybody else, you know, was, you know, won by that, whatever you want to call it, strategy. And it's, it, it, there's just, you can't, you can't have a strategy of we're going to stop one guy and that's going to help us win because it's just not going to work. There's just too many weapons. It will not work against this team. I mean, people that, and there, there've been a lot of people dogging our offense for quite a while. And I, last year I was personally thought our offense was pretty good, but based on week one performance, uh, man, they, they, I, don't, I don't know what you could say about it other than it's excellent. I mean, being at the game at one point, it, it just was boring. I was like more focused on the food and, you know, just talking to people. And it was like the game was almost an afterthought, which is why I always record it. I mean, I watched I watched 90 percent of it, but it wasn't like I was just glued to it because it was like the Michigan game only worse. I mean, they were just they were just outclassed. It was just it was like an FCS team. It was. I thought of Michigan like you during that one. And I, I once that once we came out and, and scored right off the bat in the third quarter, because I I didn't go to the game. I, I sent my wife. So if we if we play uh, like that, she might just go to every game, and I might just stay here. But no, we'll probably won't do that. But once we scored in the third quarter, the first touchdown, I kind of zoomed out. I was like, this is ridiculous. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna You're play like on every play now. You're like, I'm recording this. I need to cut the grass. Laura needs me to do some honeydews around the house. I'll earn some points there. I'll come back to this later. It's in the bag. Yeah, there are a few dirty dishes I need to clean up. <laughs> Your clothes needed to be folded. Did you uh did you did you watch Clemson last night? Clemson and Tech? Oh, you I mean, turned it off. Yeah. I, I tried to. You know, I was getting materials ready for this, and I was finally like, this is this is I turned it down and put my headphones on to listen to music and I'd glance up every now and again and I'd be like, man, tech's still hanging around. I mean, with these Clemson clowns, like I, I do not understand why everybody's wanting to put them at number four. It makes no sense other than the fact that there's nobody else to put there. I, I mean, they, they, right. I, I guess. Process I mean, of elimination got him there. Uh, I don't, man, I don't know. I don't know what's up with DJU, man. He, he's, they talk about he lost 30 pounds. He's supposed to be, he didn't seem much quicker to me than he did when we played him last year. When he, if, he, if he was 30 pounds heavier last year, I mean, he, he fell down one time on third and two. Something's off with him. I, I don't know what it is, but he just seems 
uh, not confident or, or something. And their offense they're real bad. I mean, you know, it's like they want, I guess you, you, ukulele or however you say his name was highly touted in high school and he's just not living up to it. And it's like, they want him so bad to live up to that. And they're like, if we keep going with this guy, he's going to, something's going to happen. He's going to break loose. And it's just not happening. And, and I, and I didn't see it, but you tell me, I heard they put in the second string guy and he looked better. Yeah, that's a five star. I can't remember his name. He was he was sitting over there all night, and they were they were kind of flashing at him in the first half. Wonder if he was going to get in, and he got in. And I like you, I, I finally gave up, so I, I can't speak on his performance. But I was I was like I, I got up and, and, and checked the score, and the tech still hanging around. Uh, that was kind of odd because tech was all out of sorts. Uh, yeah, we made and, and Clemson's defense pretty good. Uh, Real good, actually. D line's pretty good. Uh, I, LSU, LSU's uh, special teams look look pretty pretty awful. Uh, on uh, against FSU the other night, that was uh, that was almost comical how bad they were. Well, you know, people people are like, oh, I'm pulling for LSU because they're at SEC school. Nope. I'm not pulling for LSU because I can't stand Brian Kelly because I haven't been able to stand him since he was at Cincinnati, and especially because he was a coach at Notre Dame because he is so arrogant and smug and just – I mean, just his whole demeanor just pisses me off. And then he did all that crap in the offseason with, you know, faking a Southern accent and it's that bizarre stuff he did with dancing with his players, speaking of cringy. But I, I'm sorry, you set you set me off when you said LSU. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Nah, I just yeah, I was just saying. Uh, I looked at him and, and said, "Man, I wouldn't trade. Uh, I, I wouldn't trade uh, Curly Holman for this guy." Uh, <laughs> I don't. Th- I think. You, I think it's. I actually get tough one down there in Baton Rouge this year. Oh, and I don't like to be hitting the doers to tell you the truth, man. He looked a little. He looked a little rosacea. He looks shell shocked. Like, welcome to the SEC, and you hadn't even played anybody in the SEC. You just kicked it all off with a just wetting the bed, basically at home against FSU, with a coach that's trying to get himself fired. It's just it was yeah. worst yeah, case he, scenario. He's the first. He's the first LSU coach who's lost his opener since uh, opener since uh, Steely Donardo did it back when we were in college in 1991. So, oh, that's uh, a stat. He's down on that list. Ooh, that is a stat you just pulled out there. Man, I could have never guessed that in a million years. And, oh, by the way, Brian Kelly, congratulations. Now you get to play in the SEC West. Good luck with that. You're not even, they're not going to go to a bowl. Who's, who do they play crossover this year? They play Florida? Yeah, yeah I, think, I think Florida's their natural. So, I think they always play them. And then I don't know the other one. Please tell me it's somebody like Tennessee that's going to beat them too. You know what? I think Tennessee may have to go there. I, I, I may, yeah. Now that you say that, I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm fair. I'm pretty confident it might be Tennessee. As long as it's not like Vandy or Missouri, you know, some layup. He, he deserves no mercy. You're right, uh, Mad Dog. I don't. I, sometimes I bring out a story for our upcoming opponent. I don't really have one for Sanford. Uh, I don't know much about them, but I haven't had any experience there. 
Uh, me and some guys in college went out to Eugene one time, though, and I've been in Austin Stadium. We went to a dead show when we were juniors in college. <laughs> we drove out there, and I went in the stadium with the colonel and several others, and some of them didn't stay the whole time. I, I did, but some of them had to leave. But uh, <laughs> there were naked people. There were just naked people walking around completely. During this event. And here I oh. came from uh, Athens slash Chattanooga, and we went out there. I was like, man, this place is like, oh, we were on Mars. There were just naked people walking around, nobody cared. Cops <laughs> just sitting there, like, whatever. That's just every day. Oh, there's, there's so many good things to, I don't even know where to start with that story, other than the fact that you referenced the Colonel, which is foreshadowed. That's foreshadowing because we landed the deal today with the Colonel to come oh. in and do our Vegas picks for games. We, we, we wow. sealed that deal, which is huge. People that don't know the Colonel don't know how big that is. Please tell it. Oh, yeah. The Colonel has vast knowledge. Uh, I, would, I would follow his picks as long as they're, they're going good. Uh, he, he, he may he may earn you some money. He's a, he's a, he's a uh, he's a guy that understands the lines and, and how they work, and, and he, he he looks at trends and all. He, he'll be a good one. Oh, he'll be perfect. And I I'm not a gambler. I mean, and any time that I did, like in college, you know, uh, there was always you know everybody. We had a guy friend who was a bookie. And I made the mistake. I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bet on college basketball. That looks easy. And, you know, after just two weeks of bombing, the bookie came to me. And he goes, look, you're a nice guy. You don't know what you're doing. You owe me 200 bucks. Just pay me 100 and don't ever bet again. I'm doing you a favor. And I was like, yes, that sounds like a great deal. And I never gamble, ever. Except for the bet I placed on Stetson at the Bellagio. This spring. <laughs> And I mean, all the future bets you've got with uh, the ESPN personalities and such. That's exactly. Nobody will take me up on that. I guarantee you nobody takes me up. They just won't. They know better. They know that's a losing bet. As much trash as they talk, they know it's a losing bet. Yeah. Well, I hope they keep talking, I guess, because they've been talking for over a, or, or almost a year now. Not quite a year, but whatever he took the helm, and things have done pretty good for us since then. So I hope they keep going. I mean, I, I have no doubt that he will. How about that? Yeah, well, you have no doubt that he's going to win the Heisman. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm not okay. saying that. Okay. I'm not calling okay. it a lock, but I have okay. no doubt that he's going to keep being absolutely lights out successful. Now. Do I think he's got a great shot? Absolutely. I mean, look at Alabama. They've got Bryce Young, Will Anderson. That's dividing up those votes. Ohio State has CJ Stroud. They got Trayvon Henderson, and they got the guy with a hyphenated name that I haven't learned how to say yet. That's dividing those up three different ways. Right. Then you got Stetson. Nobody's dividing that vote. He's a he's a fan favorite. If you just look at his story, if you just look at his resume for the fact that if he's back in the hunt and he's run the table, to me the whole key is 
we run the table and win the SEC championship, it's his. It's his. I think you're right. Yeah, if we beat the, if we beat who we think we're going to play in the SEC championship, yeah, you're right. I'd say you're right. Um, I agree. That hundred one was good to get in on early because, like I you said, what it brought eighty two percent. I mean, my only regret is not throwing another zero on that at a thousand, but my wife would have killed me at that point. She'd be like, you went to Vegas about a G on Bennett to win the Heisman. Now she would have been respectful. She would have been respectful and said, I think that could happen, but you know, that's that's a long shot odd there. And she's like, I could have spent that thousand bucks, you know, buying new drapes for, you know, our kids' bedroom who our kids don't live at home anymore, but you know, she'd have found a place for it. They always do. Well, I bet she could figure out a way to spend it when he does win it. I'm not, we're not telling it's a secret. She doesn't watch the Mad Dog show. And, and oh, okay. it's an ironic slap to my face. She refuses to watch the show, and that's fine. This is my playpen, this is my safe space. I don't go shopping with her, she doesn't watch the Mad Dog show. She doesn't know about this bet. She, I'm going to rat hole that money. She'll never even know about it. I don't If she sees me like all of a sudden starting to spin real flashy, she'll be like, where's all this coming from? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how. I, I don't know. I just uh, had a good month. <laughs> well, uh, I'm not going to make the game this week. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get there, but uh, I, don't, hey. I don't know if you're going, but uh, yeah. Since you're here, let's go over some picks real quick, and we'll hand this off to the Colonel next week. All right, you ready? Okay. Bama minus 20 and a hook against Texas. Uh, I'm going to go Texas there. Really? I'm going tied. Okay. Well, okay, go ahead. No, what, what's your rationale? Well, I saw Feinbaum today saying this is just another game for Alabama, and they don't do that well on the road when it's just another game, and he thinks it's going to be down to the balance 17, or is it going to be 24? So it's going to hang in the end. He doesn't think it's going to be a complete beatdown like Texas A&M will be later in the season. And I saw that and thought I might agree with him, so that's why I got Texas. Well, you know what, Rob? I'm nothing if not flexible, and I'm coachable. I'm rescinding my pick, and I'm going with you and Feinbaum, and I'm taking the Longhorns. All okay. right. We're doomed now. All right, go ahead. Hogs minus 8.5 against the dreaded Cox of South Carolina. It's at Arkansas. I'll let you pick first. I'm going to take uh, Pittman. I, I agree. I'm taking the Hogs. Next is one you're going to love, Iowa State plus three and a half at Iowa. I'm just kidding. Who cares? We're not betting. On to the well, next. Well, Iowa's five three the other day against uh, South Dakota State late in the third, and they scored a they, they scored a safety to make it seven three. Two safeties and a field goal. That game was riveting. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm I'm glad my son pointed that out, and I'm glad you brought that to my attention. Iowa's the most boring team in America. They were last year. Somebody's got to knock them off. I don't think they will. All right, here's a good one. Florida minus four and a half versus Kentucky at the Swamp. I'm going to take the Gators in that one. I agree. That was tough, but I got to take the Gators. They're looking hot. All right. Big, big 
Pac-12 Pansy matchup of the week. Stanford at USC, USC minus nine. I'll take the Trojans. I say take the Trojans as well. They are my dark horse for the CFP. Here's another great one. Baylor, who I've already said is boring and overrated, at BYU, who is also overrated, BYU minus three. I flipped a coin and said, BYU, who do you got? I'm going to take the Bears. The Baylor Bears. All right, then answer me this question. Have you ever had a friend who was a fan of the Baylor Bears? No. Thank you. I went to Baylor for high school with different plates, so maybe that's Well, that that Baylor is held in high regard. That is one of the best schools in the country. I have many friends that went there, including yourself. Everybody knows that. Baylor, the university, just don't get me started on them anymore. All right, I'm well-established. I suck at gambling. I'm not sure about Buffalo. He's probably better than me. Do not take gambling advice from me. Next week, we're going to have an or you. Okay. Next week, we're going to have an expert who we refer to as the Colonel. Thanks again to our special guests, Jake Fromm, Amarlo Herrera. They're definitely two DGDs, as is Buffalo. So I'm going to say good night, Buffalo. And as always, go dogs. Good night. <laughs>